You're listening to Branch Out by Sycamore. How would your life change right now if you had a side gig that you dedicate maybe two hours a week that's bringing you another $1,500 a month cash in your pocket? Let's start building your own personal brand. And a lot of the times they think of personal brand as, well, I got a social media profile and I'm the dancing doctor. It's more about, okay, let's figure out who you can help online. How can you enrich their life, right? And then you slowly start monetizing it. I'm Larson Hicks, CEO of Sycamore, and welcome to Branch Out, where I chat with healthcare professionals about broad-reaching topics like their careers in medicine, hobbies and pursuits outside the hospital, and everything in between. Good morning and or afternoon, wherever you are. This is Larson Hicks. I'm the CEO of Sycamore, and welcome to the Branch Out podcast. Uh, we have got Dr. Gutierrez, who is a physician uh, that's joining us today, a, a full-time dad, which is, uh, which is of course, the most important job. Um, but also in his spare time, he uh, spends time tackling the woes of the healthcare system. He equips uh, physicians to build a career that they love, which is something that I think is really, really cool. Um, and he's accomplished this through a lot of uh, different uh, outlets uh, for healthcare professionals, including um, business development, uh, business coaching, uh, building digital products for his clients, just to just to name a few, and we'll kind of get into some of that. Um, but but one thing that I think is really cool and and resonates very much with us, uh, Dr. Gutierrez, is that you are a staunch advocate for physician entrepreneurship, and so we're excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming today. Yeah, of course. Thank you for uh, inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Well, if you're if you are in and uh, if if you're new to the podcast, uh, just to give you a little you know high level intro to what Sycamore is all about, and why we have this podcast, it's really about um, physician independence. Um, we are a, a company that that believes very strongly in the importance of physicians having autonomy in how they practice medicine. We feel like. Our healthcare system is is a mess, you know, to put it put it mildly uh, today, and um, and we think that that the that the solution is gonna is gonna come through physicians, and so we really want to see more and more physicians branch out from the normal kind of quote unquote nine to five, you know, standard corporate kind of medical practice, and start to look into alternative ways to be a physician um, and provide care and to build. Hopefully, a new ecosystem uh, for healthcare in America because we think it's it's desperately needed, and um, and so we we have this podcast here really as a way to to try to expose physicians to more and more options, more and more um, uh, inspiration, you know, from folks like you who have kind of branched out and have done their own thing, and um, and so that's why we do this podcast, and we're excited to to have you on today. Yeah, and and that's. Literally, the reason why I do what I do as well. So, awesome. uh, I think I think it's a you know it's a great fit, and I'm really looking forward to conversation wherever it leads us. Cool. Well, a lot to cover, and and I guess I I always love to kind of start with I, I'd like to understand kind of your your background. So, how did you? When did you get into medicine? How when did you know you're going to be a physician? How did how did your whole career in healthcare start? Well, I've always known I wanted to be a doctor. Like as as, as 
for as long as I can remember, I never wanted to be an astronaut or anything other than than just being a doctor. That was, you know, from very, very young age. Yeah. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. I had a weird case of meningitis when I was five, and I think oh, wow. I spent a lot of time at the hospital at the time. And, um, and you know, for, for as long as I can remember, and, you know, you ask anyone at home, and they'll say the same thing, like, I always wanted to be a doctor. Um mm. So, yeah, I went to medical school, graduated 2006, and, um, and then I've been working in, in the private sector first with doing a lot of anti-aging and, uh, and age management, and mm-hmm. that led me to regenerative medicine where I did a lot of uh, preclinical and clinical research uh, on stem cell therapeutics and cool. ran, ran my own clinic in Cancun for many years, and, uh, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much been what I've been doing uh professionally or clinically yeah but on the side when that started happening and working really well um a lot of my friends who also went to med school of course and yeah. they started asking me questions like oh how are you doing this or it looks like you're you know it's it's really kicking off how do you manage to do this how are you doing this things and i started yeah. helping them and i said okay well try this out try this other thing because when i somehow found myself in charge of this clinic, I, I really didn't know anything about business yeah. and marketing. And, you know, you have common sense and you tend to sure. think that, well, as long as we have the best technology and as long as we have the best, you know, doctors and the best, you know, cutting edge uh, therapeutics, people will find us. And and that's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had to learn. I had to figure it out. We were very close to to going bankrupt. Uh, the original owner of the clinic, he he was he was going out. He just he couldn't close the place because he owed a lot of money to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So he didn't want to just call it quits, and because these people were his friends, so yeah. he you know he he otherwise he would have just shut it down. And so at that time we figured it out and we said, okay, we we gotta understand what's going on and and turn things around and and thankfully we did um after a while and you know a couple of years later we're we're doing you know more than a million a year in in, in profit um and that was because we learned a a series of skills which involved you know just understanding business and and marketing and recognizing that just because you're a great physician does not mean that you're going to be a great business owner of a medical business, right? You need additional skills. And that's exactly what I started helping, you know, my friends with. And then they started telling their friends, people that I had never met. And when people that I had never met started calling me, I said, well, you know, let's charge for this. And they said, sure. And so I was in business. I started a coaching practice. Um, late 2009, we we moved to Spain because my wife is from Spain and because medical licenses aren't exactly portable. And I was, um, I guess I was just bored of clinical practice, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. I said, you know what, let's just do the coaching thing what used to be part-time, let's just do it full-time, let's take a year off, and then, of course, you know what happened in 2020, we all know what happened in 2020, and we're still here. So that's yeah. been my full-time gig for the last three years. I'm loving it. We're reaching more people. We're helping awesome. more doctors break free of the of the constraints of having these middle men, uh, yeah. which are more like parasites, yeah. Um, and where everybody is getting rich of doctors and patients, except doctors and patients. So, yeah, uh, that's, right. that's really what's driving us right now. That's awesome. When you, uh, so you've kind of gotten into more, it sounds like, you know, you're, you're really focused on kind of the business side of healthcare. Um, what, um, 
where where do you think healthcare has gone wrong? I mean, what do, what do you think the the big? I know that's a huge question and and hard to kind of start to to try to you know dive into. But but I would love to hear just kind of high level, like how how do you think about what's wrong with healthcare and and what needs to change and how physicians can can make an impact on that. Well, historically, it's actually not a complicated question. It has gotten very complex lately, but but it's not. The, the, the cost yeah. isn't really complicated. It's really just been because of neglect. Doctors mm. wanted to be doctors. They wanted to, to practice. They wanted to see patients. They wanted to help people. And so yeah. it was very easy for doctors to just release and abdicate control of the business mm. of healthcare. Uh, and mm. at first, people, it, it's not like the people who, who we relinquished control to were evil and, you know, we were, we were tricked or anything. They had sure. good intentions. But obviously, once that happens, then it, it starts evolving. It starts growing a life of its own. Right, mm-hmm. and and that's when you know the rise of hospital administrators starts coming in, and mm-hmm. and private equity starts coming in, and insurance companies they, they all want to you know get, get get a piece of the pie, and yeah. and and unfortunately what starts happening is that we just start bloating the system, yeah. and 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 we start getting all these different steps in between doctors and patients, right. where patients are paying an exorbitant ridiculous amounts, and doctors aren't seeing the tenth of that part, right. because we have to. Uh, we're at a point it's it's literally a parasitic relationship where we have to be feeding this whole chain so i strongly believe that the problem happened when we wanted to focus so much on just providing healthcare that right. we were very happy to give away the business part of it like you you hmm. you guys figure it out you guys make sure that my practice is full so that i can show up see patients and be happy yeah. Yeah. And and that's what happened at first, but then slowly that has merged into what we have right now where it has to be doctors who reclaim control of it. And the only way to do it is by practicing independently. Yeah. Uh, one of the weirdest things is that if you if you talk to independent physicians, there is not nearly as much burnout as there is with employed physicians, which tells you a lot of things because we have to play by the same rules. Yeah. Everyone says, "Oh, well, the system and blah." blah. We all have to play by the same rules, but it it, it 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 you know it happens that when you practice independently and you don't have to be you don't have to be putting up with whatever you know what what you can prescribe, what you can diagnose, what you can treat, what you can do, what you cannot do. Suddenly, it's it's a lot more enjoyable, and and physicians are staying in practice for longer. Right. Yeah, that's great. I, I and and I think that's a good that's a good perspective. That's a good way to think about it. Um, that that. You know, if if you I think one way to look at it is, you know, if you want to be a specialist, you know, um, then you you can't really complain um, when you're you're put in a box and and you're you're told, hey, this is your job. Um, And and I think um, and I think the reality is like you if if you care about healthcare, if you care about, um, you know, the practice of medicine remaining something that's positive and and good for people and patients, then you have to care about, um, about the surrounding kind of infrastructure, administration, business regulation, all of that stuff. Like you can't just kind of put your, you know, put your head in the sand and, and think that you're going to be able to just, just be a, a specialist and, and, and do medicine and, um, 
and not have the whole industry and the whole infrastructure, the whole ecosystem change around you by, by people who don't necessarily care about the same things that you do. Um, and it's something I see a lot, you know, I, I feel like that's the driver behind a lot of this burnout is you have physicians who, who got into medicine because they love the idea of healing. You know, they love the idea of taking care of people and making them well. Um, but the the CEO of the hospital um, or the CEO of the insurance company um, didn't get into that business <clears throat> for that same because they had that same calling or that same desire, right? They, they didn't even get into that business intentionally. They were hired into that business. They probably yeah. went to business school. They did an MBA. Yeah. They did all these things, and just like they are doing, you know, hospital or insurance or, or anything like that, they could have been, you know, CEOs of General Motors for. Sure. Or for some food company, right? So for them, it's about, okay, we need to give value to our shareholders because that's their job. I need to make sure that our shareholders are making a lot of money. But unfortunately, you actually see this over the last two and a half years, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, where we saw all these terrible decisions that were being made at the right. hospital level, like reusing, you know, protective equipment and, right. and, and not having enough and cutting hours and forcing. These are a bunch of decisions that no physician, no person who had clinical training, who had actually cared for patients would be mm-hmm. making. Mm-hmm. The only right. reason those decisions were being made in the way that we were being made is because the people in charge had no clinical experience, had no clinical background, had no idea right. what healthcare is about. And so right. that's what I keep saying is like, it's I'm not against the 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 hospital systems because we need these hospitals. It's it's really hard for an independent physician to say, you know what, I'm gonna I want to set up my C arm and my surgical suite and my all these different things, and I'm gonna have my ICU. I mean, it would be ideal, but it's really hard. Not to mention that there's loss against that. But but mm-hmm. that's that's for another uh, episode, probably. But really, the problem here is having people who have no idea about healthcare right. running these different businesses, and that's why I think that as physicians, two things that I often you know push doctors to consider, and one of them is practice independently, and the other one is just go for leadership positions but but yeah. go for leadership positions with the clinician mindset understanding yeah. what's best for the patients and for the and for the for the physicians themselves yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of hard of course because yeah. well then you have all these shareholder interests that you right. need to well and 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 i think the danger and i i've seen this unfortunately as well the danger is you get physicians who go after those leadership positions and then find themselves in leadership and and they end up becoming traitors you know, in a lot of ways. They become right. part of the, the corporate machine. And next thing you know, they're selling their practice to private equity. And they're, they're, part, of the, they're, they're part of the corporate machine um, that, that I think is driving a lot of this, um, a, a lot of the things we're talking about in, in healthcare. So it, it, it's, a, it's a perilous, you know, it's a perilous landscape. You know, I'd say it's another thing that as I was think, hearing you talk, I think one of the things that you're saying um, really has a much broader application to all of us. I think if if you're, you know, if you are not a physician, um, but you, um, you know, let's say you're a you're a husband, you're a father um, and uh, and you're an engineer or you're a fill in the blank. You know, it's the same the same 
all of the same factors are at play. You know, you don't get to just be an engineer and then expect that your family, your community, your your company, all of those things are going to just take care of themselves. Um, and and this is you know this is a weird place to plug liberal arts, but but I, I'm going to do it. I, I I went to a, a a classical Christian liberal arts college that was that really prided itself in, in offering this very old world kind of. D- you know, education. It was like, you know, great books, you know, Latin, Greek, um, lots of, lots of, uh, philosophy and, and political philosophy and all that kind of stuff. And, and it looks and feels very, um, um, superfluous in a modern world where it's like, well, what job are you going to get with that? And, and the idea of liberal arts is actually, it's a free man's education. It's not a slave education. So the idea is that, Slaves are interested in jobs. Um, right. Freemen are interested in leadership. You know, they're interested in 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 having a big picture understanding of 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 the whole society, the whole structure of of, of things. So anyway, I think um, you know, the things that that uh, I, I tell people about when when I bring up this topic is when you're thinking about your, your education is okay. Well, what do you know? Like, you may want to be a doctor, but 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 you do know for sure you're going to be a husband potentially you're going to be a father probably you're going to be a citizen right um you're going to be hopefully a leader in your in your community um what are you doing to prepare for all of those things right um and like you said you know business there's no way around the fact that if you want to put food on the table that there's going to have to be some money that's changing hands at some point and so understand how that works, you know, invest in that kind of knowledge. So anyway, I just think that that's a, this isn't something that just applies to doctors. This really applies to, to all of us that, that if you, if you really want to, if you want to do more than just complain about how bad things are, then you need to actually, you know, um, step up to the plate and, and, and educate yourself and get, and get more involved in understanding how things work. Right, and and, and first you got to start living that that life yourself, exactly yeah. like you like you said it. You know, I, I find it really funny when I when I talk to doctors, and, and oftentimes they'll say like, "Well, you know what? The thing is, I'm not really into it for the money." And I say, "Oh, great! So you can work for free?" And they say, "Well, yeah. no." It's like, well, then you're in it for the money, and there's nothing wrong That's with right. it. That's right. Right? If if you cannot afford to literally open up shop and go there and work for free, you're in yeah. it for the money. Because yeah. let's face it, what I always tell them like. If you had a hundred million trust fund, yeah. would you be working in the exact same way you're working today? Mm-hmm. You, right. you know, you'd probably be doing something valuable, but right. you probably wouldn't be, you know, accepting being on call every weekend. Right. Right. So totally. that's the kind of thing that we need to acknowledge and, and make peace with. It's the fact that, you know what, this is the way our society works. And mm-hmm. and if I want to be able to provide for my family and if I want to be able to buy my time back so that I can be with them, it's in my best interest to learn business, to learn marketing, to learn sales, to price my services accordingly so that I can serve at the best at the, at the highest possible level yeah. while still enjoying my life because I'm sorry, but I'm just not the kind of person that is like, I don't want to be remembered as the doctor that gave his entire life away to his patients and completely neglected his kids. Yeah. I have a lot of friends growing up whose parents were physicians and they're like, I I never saw my dad. 
He was always yeah. on call. He, and like, uh, that's not what I want for my kids. I'm sorry. That's not for what sure. I want for my life. And if people feel like, well, then you don't have the calling. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But it's still yeah. not what I want. And, and in talking to hundreds, probably thousands of doctors in the last couple of years, I can tell you 99% of them feel the same way. Yeah, totally. Well, so so tell us a little bit more. I mean, how how um, how do you think? What do you think are the biggest steps that that physicians can take? You know, to start to to move in this direction, move move into a more independent, um, uh, autonomous kind of direction. I mean, there's there's, and I know that's a it's a complicated question because it just maybe it maybe it, it depends on where you know where you what you trained in and and what specialty you, right. you're already in. But do you, do you feel like this is something that, that anybody can start to take steps towards or, and, 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 and what are those steps? Like what are, what are kind of the first steps in your mind? That's actually a really, really good question. I love that you started with that because a lot of the times doctors believe that they just can't do it. They yeah. think that, yeah, the idea is great, but I can't do it. I cannot not have insurance patients. I cannot not do these mm. things. I cannot not have a job where I'm working, right? Yeah. Because that's 100% of their income. So suddenly thinking right. that I'm going to put all of that at risk in order to build this other thing, when a lot of the times their spouses don't work or maybe they don't bring in nearly as much money as they do, it's a big, it's it's a heavy burden. So they think, yeah. I would love to do that, but I just can't. Yeah. And that Excuse is baloney. Don't forget student loans. Well, exactly. Yeah, and student <laughs> loans, a quarter of a million dollars in student loans on average, right? But here's the thing. The most important thing and something that we all have accessible today and that we don't leverage nearly enough is to start diversifying our sources of income. And I'm not talking about start investing in real estate, which are great things. And, and you can totally do that if, if, if that's sure. your thing. But what I start telling doctors, like, listen, let's start building your own thought leadership online. Let's start building your own personal brand and not just... A lot of the times they think of personal brand as, well, I got a social media profile and I'm the dancing doctor and I'm building my TikTok. And that never translates to consults. It's it's more about, okay, let's figure out who you can help online with mm. your knowledge, with your expertise, with the stuff that you see day in, day out. And, yeah. and start putting it out there. Things that people are going to find valuable. How can you enrich their lives, right? And you start building that. And then you slowly start monetizing it. And you don't even need to make as much money as you make in your, in your day job. But what I tell them, like, how would your life change right now if you had a side gig that you dedicate maybe two hours a week that's bringing you another $1,500 a month? Cash in your pocket. What would you do with an extra $1,500 every month cash in your pocket that you really didn't have to work a lot for? And again, it's not enough to quit your job, but it starts giving you options because if you can make $1,500 a month, you can make $3,000 a month. And if you can make $3,000 a month, you can make $10,000 a month. It's just a matter of figuring out and doubling down on on what that is. And guess what? Once you start making five, six, seven, now you start looking at your day job saying like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to put up with these conditions when, when, my time to, to, when the time yeah. to renew my contract comes in. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to continue agreeing to being on call. I don't think I'm going to do these things because now you have options. The problem yeah. is that we set ourselves up from the moment we're in med school. You very well said it. And we start taking all these student loans and we start going into the system. We set ourselves up as yeah. hostages. And and so no wonder 
that we get to a point where it's like, I cannot leave. I hate mm-hmm. it, but mm-hmm. I, I cannot leave because yeah. how am I going to pay for everything else, right? We, we inflate our lifestyle. We sure. inflate our expenses. We, why? Because we got a $100,000 sign-up bonus. Why do you think they give you a $100,000 sign-up bonus? Because mm-hmm. they know you won't be able to leave. <laughs> yeah, totally. And so totally. the most important thing before you say, you know what, screw it, I'm out of here. And now I got to figure out how I'm going to make ends meet. Start building a side income. And don't aim for that to make you $20,000. Aim to make $100, $200. Figure out a couple of bills. Okay, yeah. you know what? I got to pay 500 bucks a month for my car. Okay, how am I going to make that happen? Maybe I'm mm-hmm. going to put together an ebook. Maybe I'm going to create a mini course. Maybe I'm going to start doing coaching. When yeah. I started doing coaching, it's like, okay, $150 an hour. That's that's what I'm going to do. Okay, I do two sessions of those. That's my car payment right there. Um, yeah. And so it's that little mindset of 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 not dismissing it because it's not enough to replace right. your full-time gig. And totally. then the second thing is even if you're not sick and tired of your job today, you shouldn't not do this. Yeah. You should yeah. start building it because it's, yeah. it's there's literally only upside in building your personal brand, giving yourself options. Because if it happens that maybe they the, the group that you love and that you are in, in love with right now, maybe they sell the practice. And now yeah. you get a new boss that you absolutely hate. Maybe totally. maybe they go under. Maybe they let you go. You don't yeah. know. So it's better yeah, to I always mean- start building these options. No, that's really good. And 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 we're, you know, Sycamore, this is this is really how the company started in a lot of ways is we're we're kind of this alternative to locum tenens uh, that was created by a physician who's trying to trying to give basically cut out the middleman and create a, a an opportunity for physicians to basically build their own independent locum tenens kind of business, right? And and the idea there too is just like if okay, so if your contract, if you get benefits um with your full-time job, um, typically there's a minimum number of shifts you have to work per month. And, you know, if that's eight shifts or 10 shifts or 12 shifts, whatever it is, I mean, obviously you should try to get that number to as few as possible. Uh, cause a lot of times, you know, those benefits make up, you know, 15, 20% of your income. Um, and, uh, you're, you're taking a 15 or 20% pay cut, um, to, at your full-time job to get those benefits. And if you, and so if, if it only, if you're only required to work eight shifts a month to, uh, to maintain that full-time status and those benefits, then starting with your ninth shift, you're leaving 25%, 15, 25% of your income on the table. You know, you should work your ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, however many shifts you work a month you should work those at a place that'll pay you that extra 15, 20, 25%. Um, and like you said, you're diversifying. You may not hate your job today, but if you are credentialed at two or three other places and something goes awry at your full-time job, you're the person, you have the ability to go, no, thanks. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to start working more over here and maybe more over there. And you guys figure this out on your own. I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. That's that's literally it. Unfortunately, a lot of doctors, based on their contract, they cannot get additional uh, clinical positions. Yeah. And that's why I always say, you know what? Just start building your thought leadership online. They cannot come. Even, even though some of them try to tell them yeah. that they cannot post on LinkedIn and they cannot do these things, 
they really can't. So start yeah. building that thought leadership. Yeah, start cool. building that audience. Start creating that value online so that people start following you. And you know maybe you don't have anything to sell them, but you're building a community there. And suddenly, before you know it, actually, somebody's going to approach you and say, hey, why don't we produce a podcast for you? We'll monetize it and we'll split the difference. Hey, mm-hmm. why don't you write a book on this one topic that you that you keep talking about? Uh, we'll edit it and we'll publish it for you. Hey, mm-hmm. why don't you come and speak at our conference? Because now that you have 50,000 people following you, we're pretty confident that putting you on the billboard is going to sell a lot of tickets. So we're going to pay you yeah. for that. And, yeah. and that's the things that oftentimes we don't really think about. We tend to think, like you look at these non-clinical career you know, Facebook groups and things like, everyone's thinking about a job. Hey, I'm sick and tired of my of my clinical job. How can I get into pharma? How can I get into into you know utilization management? How can I get into this other thing? And and it's just like you said, it's that slave mentality. Like yeah, I right. go from one job to another. How can I go so somebody will pay me and not treat me as bad as my current master? Like yeah. why don't you just yeah. take control of it? And yeah. and the problem is that we tend to think that in order for us to be in control of it, we need to create something as big as what we currently have. And it doesn't have yeah. to be that way. We can start really totally. small. Totally. Yeah, that's such a good, so I'm, I'm, um, I'm kind of obsessed with this idea of the household and, 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 and this, this ancient idea, you know, the, the word economics, um, the Greek is, is oikonomikos. It's, it's, it's household management. Um, and so, so the idea when we think as moderns, when we hear the word household or the house, um, uh, we think of just the place you live, um, and, and and maybe maybe you kind of think of the the your family, but but a household was households home businesses essentially were were the economic engine you know of of society um, for really up until the industrial revolution you know most like in America up until the industrial revolution we were an agriculture society which is which is to say. It was a bunch of family businesses. It was a bunch of independent family businesses who who controlled their own destiny, owned their own equipment, you know, made their own business decisions, et cetera. Um, and we've we've slowly <clears throat> become, as we've become industrialized, that the household has kind of become has has lost its its um, position in society as as essentially the building block. It sort of disappeared. Um, and, and now the important institutions are really, you know, the government, the corporation, um, and, and, uh, and, and it's really, we've really subverted, um, and kind of flipped things on its head. And so, so a big part of it is just, like you said, it's, it's, it's kind of rehabilitating the household and, and, and the potential, uh, within the household, um, I'm I'm fond of of looking at you know in in the Bible you've got this passage in uh in Proverbs about this this woman you know the it, t- it talks about the virtuous woman and uh, you know this is an ancient text and the virtuous woman of of the Bible is this like entrepreneur I mean she she has she is doing real estate deals she's taking products to market I mean she's got a staff I mean it's like it's like nothing like, you know, what, what we tend to think about when we think about the, like the conservative religious view of, of women. It's like, actually, no, the biblical conservative view is this like 
this executive, this household, but, but it's, she's an executive in her own household empire, you know? And so I think we're so busy building empires for other people, you know, for other households, for other institutions. And we think that's the only paradigm. And, and to your point, you know, I talk about startup porn, (laughs) you know, there's like the, it's like this, this fantasy, you know, about, well, I'm going to be the next Steve Jobs or Elon Musk, and I'm going to, raise bazillions of dollars, you know, and, and, and I'm going to go public. And it's like, that's the only, when you say entrepreneur, that's the only track our brains go down is this, this, this crazy fantasy of corporate success. Um, which, which again, to come back to this, you know, um, this sort of war of, of ideas that we're talking about, um, of course they want you to think that is the only way to be an entrepreneur because, because that enriches the system that enriches the corporations that enriches the sort of, you know, so the idea of you just going out and having an independent, you know, um, uh, business that, that's, that provides more than enough money for you and your family, uh, such that you can even maybe employ a person or two. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, I, I think about all the time how, you know, in middle-class America, you drive around, you see all these wealthy, these big houses and all this stuff. And you see all these doctors and lawyers and I drive and and I walk into the, uh, I walk into the, um, the convenience store and I look at the man behind the counter and I'm like, that's probably the freest man in this whole, (laughs) in this whole community. He owns this business, this healthy, lucrative business. And he doesn't have anybody, you know, he doesn't have anybody breathing down his neck. He's, he's in charge. Yeah. Now, now that we're here in Europe, it, it happens a lot that you see that and you, you go to a store and they're closed like on, on Sunday. Like we don't open on Sundays because we don't. But yeah. you should. No, because I don't want to. Right. Yeah. And, and that's that's the kind of things that a lot of the times we are led to believe, like you very well said, that it is not possible. That's not how it works. Like, why not? When you own the business, you get to set your rules. And, and, and you get to do things your way. Yeah, and it might right. work, it might not work, but guess what? If it doesn't work, at least you'll know that it didn't work because or in spite of or, or because of how you did things. Yeah. Like, it's not because somebody else forced you to go down that path. You had complete freedom to choose that one path. You could have chosen another one. Yeah. And, and really what happens is that not a lot of people have that, I don't want to say it freedom, but but not a lot of people have that 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 thinking that that possibility in their mind that it, it just doesn't exist. I remember I remember conversations that I had when I was in med school, and I already had all, all of these ideas. And a lot of my friends would say like, "Well, yeah, in your weird little world, that happens." It's like, no, it, it happens. It, it really does. But for a lot of people, it's just simply unconceivable. Yeah. And and it, one of the things that you realize is that medical education is not so much about education it's more about almost indoctrination and and into into getting everyone into comply and to follow a set of standards and directives which are good for a couple of things but then they're also a set of standards when you realize that medical education is funded by pharma and by insurance and by hospital groups you recognize that you know you're being indoctrinated to follow yeah, sure. those for exact sure. same narratives. And so it's important for us as physicians to 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 stand free from that. And and frankly, if there's one thing that people should remember from our conversation is it's literally 
it does not have to be this big grandiose thing. In order for you to start breaking free from the system, you don't need to build the equivalent of your job on the side today. You can start very small and grow that, and it'll give you options. And once you have options, and once you start seeing that possibility, then that's when everything else starts opening up for you. Yeah, and you good. might even hate it. I'm not I'm not even saying that it's, you know, it's it's the promised land. You might go into it and go like, "You know what? I hate this stuff." <laughs> okay, perfect. Then you you can always go back to a job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I w- I want to transition into the just getting deeper into the personal brand thing and and maybe just to set it up. And again, this is another one of the ideas that I'm I'm I I think a lot about and I care a lot about. And uh, and I know I keep referencing the Bible, but I can't I can't help it because it's I keep I keep thinking about uh, th- th- there's this 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 uh, this I think it's in the Proverbs it talks about how a good name is worth I want to say it says is worth more than rubies or worth more than precious jewels or something something like that um, and uh, and forever I thought that was just kind of a a, a um, you know, just kind of a metaphor or something, um, kind of a nice, nice idea or just talking about, yeah, your re- reputation really matters. But, but I've, I've come to believe more and more that, that it, it, it's talking about a brand and it, and, and it's actually, it's actually literally saying there is nothing more valuable in the world, uh, than a brand. Um, right. you can, you can, um, you know, uh, you can work your, your life, you know, and, and invest in all manner of things. If you don't own a brand, uh, if you don't, if you don't have a brand, um, then you, you don't have the most valuable thing. And, and so, you know, talking about <clears throat> this independent concept of working for someone else, it's like, you know, the, the reason, um, the reason you feel trapped in your job probably is the, is, is that your own personal brand doesn't have any value. Um, and so you need to attach yourself to a brand because brands are what attract the money and, and generate revenue and, 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 and draw customers, um, people that, that pay money for things. And, and since your name means nothing has no value, then, then you're, you're dependent on writing piggyback on someone else's brand. Um, so, so. Uh, it, it, do, do you agree with that? And, and is that kind of how you think about building a building a, a personal brand? Yeah, partially, of, of of course. And and there's a reason why a lot of the times doctors in certain hospitals and, and health systems they're not allowed, or they're told that they are not allowed. Although that's again, that's that's not correct. They they are technically yeah. still allowed, but they're told that they're not allowed to post online and do all these things. And and the reason is because. They are being commoditized. Yeah. They that's what the system wants. The system wants to have 40 um, you know, neurologists. That way, when somebody wants one, you just get one. You don't get Dr. Smith. You get right. one. The worst thing right. that could happen for a hospital system is people showing up and saying, I want to see Dr. Smith and Dr. That's Smith right. only. That's because right. now they that's have hard. that yeah. bottleneck. Yeah. That's right. When for them, what they want is they want people to go and see a neurologist at hospital so and so. Yeah. Right. That's right. That's what's most important for them, and that's why they they work hard to try and and keep doctors from doing all these different things. Now, if you're mm. an independent doctor, there's nothing. Uh, I mean, there's 
very few things are as important as taking care of your brand and your reputation, which for me are, are two separate things. So reputation, your reviews, you you gotta you gotta pay attention to that um, because as, as Jeff Bezos says, your personal brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. So mm. so just think about it that way. And and yeah. here's the thing. Whether you work it or not, whether you pay attention to it or not, you have a brand that that you're building. It's kind of like that parable about the 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 the, the two wolves and which one wins, the one you feed. And it's the yeah. same thing. If 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 you if you ignore it, then guess what? It's everybody else who's creating that brand for you. Right. If you if right. you feed it, if you grow it, then you get to decide what your brand is because that's the beauty of it. You get mm. to choose what your brand is when you're intentional about it. When you're not, then everybody else gets to kind of choose what they are. And an easy way to know if you have a brand or not, just ask your patients and say like, listen, if you were to recommend me to somebody, how would you describe what I do? Yeah. Yeah. If you hear 14 different things, you don't have a brand. You have a brand, yeah. If you yeah, hear yeah. a pattern, it's like, oh, okay, well then this is what people are coming to me for. When I had the stem cell clinic, that was one of the things that we realized very early on. We started talking to our patients like, how would you de describe us? And they had all sorts of weird things, all sorts of different descriptions. And that's when we said, okay, we're not building anything. We're, we're trying to build something for everyone. And it turns out that we're building something for nobody. And so right. what we said is, let's double down on the one thing that we're really, really good at, which was stem cell therapy for autism. And that's yeah. what we doubled down on. That's what we completely conquered at the time awesome. because we followed down, we, we doubled down on that. And it's accessible to everyone and anyone. Look at anyone yeah. you follow on social media. And maybe if they're already really big, they can branch out and they have different things. But when they're, you know, 20,000, 30,000, they're growing, look at it. They double down in one specific area. You have the gynecologist who talks about reproductive things. They don't talk about everything gynecological. They talk about reproductive issues because that's the one thing that they're being known for. You have the, the plastic surgeon, Dr. Yu, and Yu, Yon, something like that, but he's the holistic plastic surgeon, right? Yeah. Because that's yeah. that's the that's the thing that he owns. He got to choose that thing, and that's the thing that he owns, right? And so, we have to be intentional about this. This is this is something that I always work with my clients on, and it's called intentional marketing. A lot of the times when we want to market, we yeah. number one, we tend to think that marketing is advertising. Oh, yeah. I'm not doing marketing right now. That is translated to I'm not buying ads at this moment. Right, right, uh, right. But in reality, we're always marketing. And so what I say is like you have to be intentional about it. Same thing with your personal brand. You have to be intentional about the message that you're sending out instead of doing random acts of marketing, as I tell them. Like, mm -hmm. what are we going to be putting out there? What are we building? What are the values that you're that you stand behind? What is the hill that you're prepared to die on? That's one thing that we always emphasize. Like for me. From this consultant coaching role, the hill that I'm prepared to die on is that the only way to fix healthcare is to have more physician entrepreneurs, period. Yeah, and, and people can criticize me for it. People can, can throw stones at it. People can disagree with it. But that is the one place where I'm, where I'm setting my flag, right? And, and that's the same thing that everybody has to do. We have to identify what is that one thing, what is that one idea that we're going to champion, and then start doubling down on that and start, and start really... Yeah. being known for that one thing. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and it's it's a <clears throat> I think there's a there's I don't know if it's um if it's a slippery slope or or if it's um 
if there's some confusion, you know, there, there, there's, I think what you're saying, I think some, some people hear it and say, oh, what you're saying is I need to go find, you know, it's, it's all about product market fit and I need to go out and find a market and focus on a market, which from a business standpoint is absolutely correct. I mean, you, 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 you have to, uh, I think the metaphor in the book, um, uh, um, crossing the chasm is that you've got to pick your Normandy. Like you, you, you can't, you can't choose to just attack all of Europe or whatever. You have to, you have to pick a beach, you know, a beachhead and focus there. So it is a hundred percent correct from a business standpoint, but, but I think from more of a philosophical standpoint, the point is not that you're not in, you're not a, a person who has bigger interests and bigger ambitions and other things you'd like to do. The point is that you have to, you know, you have to start somewhere, you know, how do you, how do you eat an elephant, you know, one bite at a time? Like you have to start, you have to start somewhere. You have to pick a, a place you're going to start and, and, and you, you have no platform to build off of unless you start somewhere. Um, right. and so, and so I think, and, and then I think the question is, are, are you simply looking, are you starting with the audience and, and come and, and reverse engineering what your brand is, or are you starting with who you are, what your passions are, what your interests are, and 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 building from there? Exactly. You 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 start with yourself because that's the only thing you can control. Yeah. Contrary to what a lot of people believe, you don't choose your audience; they choose you. Now, mm, the only way they can choose you is if you're clear about what you represent. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just going to be confused. And and. Just like you said, so for instance, for me, I have a lot of interests. Sure, I'm 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 a full time dad. That's what I always you know I always tell people. Like I do what I do so that I can spend more time with my kids, so that I can buy back my time and spend it with my kids with my wife. One of the reasons why we stayed in Spain is so that I can be time shifted for my clients. That way, I can spend the mornings with my family. I can take yeah. my kids to school. I can spend the morning with my wife, and then I come into work late at night. And for a lot of people, that's that's awful. Like you work up until midnight. Yeah. Because then I get I get to do other things, right? So that works yeah. for me. That's one of the things that I'm known for. I'm a huge football fan, which you guys erroneously call soccer. Um, <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm a big. I, I like a lot of things. I like video games, but I don't post about that in my social media. I don't right. post about that in my. If you go to my Twitter profile at Doctor MD, you're not going to see posts about that. You're going to see posts about physician entrepreneurship and how to build a side gig and how to do all those things because that's what I want my audience to know me for. Once they get to mm. know me, people who are in my communities, things like that, they'll get these comments because I also bring them in. It's part of my personality. Yeah. But I don't create content around those things. And that's exactly what I tell them. Like, listen, you can, you can like a thousand different things, but if you go in one day and, and if I go in there one day and start talking and... and you know, discussing with everybody about the proper way of calling it soccer or football and what's the best team and who's the best goal right. scorer of all time. People who follow me for the marketing stuff are going to go like, what the heck's this? this? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not what I signed up for. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's what we need to be, to be thoughtful of. It's, it's almost like having this different channel. Mm. This, just like when you have different people. You get along. Yeah. You get a group of people. You talk about certain things with you know your parent meetings, and you talk about different things when you're with your best friends from college, and you talk yeah. about different things when you're with your parents. It's the same thing here. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's good. And, and, and I think, you know, I think, I think the point too, is that there, there is a point I do believe, you know, if you're, if you're successful where you, you buy yourself more and more freedom and more and more latitude, you know, to, to expand your focus and your, your, um, your audience and, or to build other brands, you know, I mean, it, there's, there's, there's your primary brand, but that doesn't mean you can't you know, develop other businesses and other, other areas that, you know, that are, um, focused on different things. So, um, well, I think it's great. And, and, and I think this is the kind of thing that, that more physicians need to hear and need to think about. Um, you know, I, I think it's, um, I, I, I think it's, we're starting with and too many physicians probably are starting with the question of how do I make a physician income? How do I replace a physician income? And if you're not, if you're not showing me a clear, direct, you know, step-by-step guide to get from here to there, then, um, then I'm not really all that interested. And so, like you said, these conversations end up being just about, you know, investing in real estate and, and things like that. Um, and I, and I think, what you're what you're talking more about is <clears throat> how do you buy back your freedom? How do you buy um, um, back the ability to to invest in something that you care about? You know, the, the, where you get to spend your working hours every day on things that you're passionate about and that you control. Um, and and what's that worth? You know, um, and and what you know what are you willing to do to to, to get to get that. Um, I think that's, um, I think that's a really compelling, um, a really compelling, um, argument. And, and, and I think a lot of physicians, you know, um, I mean this, the, the statistics out there are so clear on this point that, that, that more money increases happiness, uh, up to a very, you know, up to a very, a certain point after a certain point, more money doesn't do anything to make anybody more happy. And actually there's a really good argument to show that more money after a certain point starts making things worse, um, for a lot of people. And so, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really, um, it's really, um, you know, taking a step back and, and ignoring the paycheck and asking, you know, what, what, what kind of life do you want to have? What kind of lifestyle do you want to have? And, and the other thing to me for physicians is you have invested so much time and so much energy into this, this incredible education, um, that is so valuable. Um, yes, in the marketplace, but, but I think more, more importantly, um, outside of just having the MD after your name and having the, the degree on your wall, the things that you learned and the things that you know how to do to, to be able to think and study and understand a problem and communicate with a team and lead a team and, and, uh, and have bedside manner and communicate clearly with, with patients. These are all, these are all the, the primary skills that, that any successful entrepreneur is going to have to have. Right. Um, you're, you know, yes, there are some business and marketing things that, that are going to be a great complement to the education that you have, but those are, those are not the central driving skills of, of, of success in the, in the, in the marketplace. Right. So, so a lot of the times people will say that doctors aren't equipped to do business because we have zero 
business and marketing education all throughout our training. But I would argue the opposite, and it is we are actually super equipped at being compassionate, at at, at these soft skills that people call them, yeah. that I don't like calling them soft skills because they're nothing they're not, they're not soft. They're actually crucial. Yeah. Yeah, more as, as as we move more into into more of the what we're currently doing, which which is this knowledge uh, work that we're that we're doing and managing and, and leading. We have all those skills, and and business and marketing are just literally learnable skills. I always tell people like it's so much easier for a doctor to learn business, to learn marketing, to learn sales than it is for a marketer. To learn the intricacies of dealing with with sick people, with disease, with healthcare, with doing all these things that we naturally do. And so it is important for us to, number one, recognize that these are skills that we need. Number two, understand that these are learnable skills. And number three, go out and learn them. There's mm-hmm. nothing, there's no shame in it. There's no, I mean, don't go out and get an MBA. That's, that's the stupidest investment you can do as a physician. But yeah. but go learn these skills. Go, yeah. go find where you can learn them. Go find where you can develop them. A lot of the times, you could develop those skills in, 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 in a job. My first job was doing Botox and fillers treatments on a cruise ship. Guess what? Yeah. I learned to sell on that, on that gig because if it yeah. didn't sell, I didn't make money. Right. So yeah. you can learn those skills totally. in a job. You don't necessarily need to, you know, need to go out and, and get a, a sales training or, or do any, any of these things. So really recognize that we have all that it takes. We just really need to open up our minds to the possibility and recognize that it is a long process. You don't just go from making 300000 to saying, I quit and give me another job when I can make 300000 or let me build something that is going to make me 300000 the first year. But you can start building it on the side and you can start doing it so that you have options. And you probably don't even need 300000 You probably say, right. you know what? I would yeah. much rather work half the amount that I'm working and make 200000 But now I have the freedom to do whatever I want. I don't have to ask right. for vacation days. I don't have right. to make up excuses to not show. You know how many times I've heard the phrase or, or, or in a way of a doctor saying, you know what? More than once I was driving home, I, I was driving to work, and I thought, what if I got into like a minor car accident so that I didn't have to go to work for like a week? Wow. How sad is that, that the yeah, person caring for other people is thinking that way on their way to the job? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's And rough. it's because they don't that's have rough. options. If yeah. these people had options on the side, they would now be thinking, how can I continue growing my side gig so I don't have to continue doing this other thing that I dislike? Yeah. No, that's good. That's really good. Well, there's there's about 25 other things that I want to ask you about or talk about. Um, but we've we've kind of set this expectation that this podcast is not a it's not the Joe Rogan uh, three hour <laughs> format. So um, so I, we should probably close it uh, close it here. But I'd love to I'd love to direct people to where they can find more about uh, your work, Doctor Gutierrez, and 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 uh, and even reach out to you if they want to if they yeah, want to find out more how you can help them what wh- where should we point people drernestomd.com that's my website and okay. i'm drernestomd on every social media platform except instagram because yeah. they kick me out um, but every other one i am there most active on twitter and linkedin um, but i'm there on facebook and uh, even 
TikTok, I think they created for me. Uh, so yeah, just you know, happy to chat if you have questions. Uh, yeah, I do have coaching programs for sale. I do have all those things. But if you have a question, and like, listen, I'm thinking about this, and I can point you in the right direction. Feel free, just send me a message, and uh, happy to do that. Cool. Well, this is this was a lot of fun, and uh, I appreciate you uh, staying up late. Uh, your time to uh, to to jump on this. Um, it's a lot of fun and uh, very helpful. So uh, thank you for taking the time. And and I'd encourage people to go check out DrErnestoMD.com uh, and, and follow him on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, LinkedIn. And uh, we'll have this podcast up here soon with with links to all of those things. So um, so yeah, we will look forward to staying in touch and and uh, and following your progress. Sounds good. Thank you so much for inviting me. Happy to come back whenever you want me. Awesome. You've just listened to Branch Out, a podcast by Sycamore hosted by me, Larson Hicks. Please go ahead and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss the next one.